This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 157. Today on our show, The History of Cincy Shirts, Chapter 1, with Darren. They said, hey, uh, Candace Hunter's going to come down, and she's going to do a little piece on your your little shirt there. I'm like, all right, cool. So she she loved that assignment. Hey, Candace. <laughs> Get all prettied up and head down to Dayton, Kentucky, because there's two guys in a carpet warehouse selling a hurricane shirt. And it's the best thing we got going right now. Darren takes us all the way back to the beginning when the company was called Look At Me Shirts, like way back. Darren talks about the successful board game that he developed before he started the company, uh, how he met Josh and the start of the t-shirt business, the successes and mistakes along the way in those early days, and a whole lot more. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Just use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code at the very end of the episode. Darren forgot to share it with us before he left us, so I get to choose it at the very, very end of the episode, so you have to listen all the way through to get it. You'll take 20% off your uh, cincyshirts.com or oldschoolshirts.com order with that, of course. Now, let's hear all about Cincy Shirts before it was Cincy Shirts. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from the INCI and NAT. I Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Thanks again for the amazing intro, P.F. Wilson. Everybody give it up for P.F., everybody. P.F. Wilson. I'm back, you guys, whether you want it or not. A couple of people actually said they liked my last uh, little 2020 review, so I figured we'd keep this ball rolling. We've hit on the history of our company a little bit here and there, but we've never really done a deep dive. Uh, so I'm just kind of going to let it all out and just thinking about you know, how our company gave about came about. And um, there's definitely some distinct chapters, so... We're going to start with chapter one today. That's a good spot to start, right? Chapter one. When am I going to start? Chapter two? No. Chapter one, you guys. Here you go. Look at me shirts days. The look at me shirts days. That's when we started. So anyway, so let's do the little uh, Wayne and Garth style. <laughs> Way back to uh, 2004, 2005-ish is kind of where we are. I guess to kind of start, I got a it's it's kind of weird in my head, but I'm going to start back here, dang it. I graduated from Art Academy of Cincinnati in 2001. And like any great artist coming out of art school, I went straight to Montgomery Inn and asked for an application. I was like, "Yeah, whatever. I got a college degree. Uh, I can at least bust tables, right?" I didn't want anything with too much responsibility because I was going to be a big-time illustrator, you know. I was going to be C.F. Payne, Lauren Long. You know, I'm just as good as those guys, right? <laughs> of course. That's what I thought, maybe. No. But anyway, so I said, hey, I'll, I'll bust tables. I have zero restaurant experience. Oh, actually, before that, I went to Don Pablo's in Newport and asked for 
an application and they said, you don't have any restaurant experience. So, uh, you know, we'll probably, we'll give you a call if we're interested. All right, cool. And I was sitting there looking across the river and I was like, dang it, I'm going to go to the boathouse. I'm going to see what the heck they got going on. They hired me on the spot. Yeah, busting tables. Hell yeah. Anyway, that was a cool gig. But in the meantime, you know, it gave me something to do in the evenings. During the day, I would paint in my apartment in Newport. And that was it. You know, I was just drinking coffee all day, painting, just trying to get my own thing going. That's when I guess the entrepreneurial spirit kind of hit me. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, no, I don't know. I always knew I wanted to kind of do something on my own, but didn't really know what that was or whatnot. Um, I was actually home on Christmas break one year and my buddy was, uh, I don't know, one of my best friends growing up, Dirk Gad. He said, hey, I was always thinking, you know, there's all these Monopoly games out there. All you know, you see Dogopoly, Catopoly, NASCARopoly. He's like, I don't, I don't see one for deer. There's no deer hunting Monopoly game. And I said, Oh, that's that's weird. You bring that up because uh, one of my professors from Art Academy, Mark Thomas, he he mentioned he did some concept work for a uh, company in Cincinnati called Late for the Sky Productions in Oakley. And yeah, so there's a company locally that makes all the Opoly games. He worked on Grinch Opoly for them. And they they actually they make all the Opoly games. They it's yeah, Dog Opoly, Cat Opoly, Cincinnati Opoly. They had a little good thing going. So we I don't know, looked up in the in the in the morning. The next day, after he mentioned this to me, I was like, dang, this is this Opoly thing. You know, I think we can do something with this. And we were just thinking about it. And you're like, you know, it makes more sense in the real game. Like the the spaces will be uh, hunting lodges. Um, instead of railroads, we have uh, taxidermists. You know, you don't go to jail. The, the game warden, he, you know, he gets on you or do whatever they do in that game. Um no free parking. We had the food plot. You know, you got to get those those big bucks in there. So I don't know. So it was weird. I I I'd, I'd never hunted a day in my life. Still haven't. I'm not against it or anything. But hunting was huge where I grew up in in Newcomerstown, Ohio. Uh, we actually had Deer Day. So the the day after Thanksgiving break, we got that Monday off because so many people would uh, take off. To go hunting. So they just said, screw it. You guys win. We're going to give you guys Monday off. So anyway, so yeah, small town deer hunting was huge. That's where we are right now. So anyway, so we, we kept thinking about this. Oh, deer, whitetailopoly, whitetailopoly. It had a good ring to it. So uh, I contacted Late for the Sky Productions in Cincinnati, you know, the company that uh, Mark Thomas told me about. And, uh, Anyway, they said, well, you know, we're anti-hunting. We don't like any of that kind of stuff. That's not our brand. But if you uh, come up with the cash to uh, print the games, they're like, we'll print it for you. you. You just sell it under your own company name. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went to uh, LegalZoom.com, got an LLC, 
Um, maybe not that day. I'm, I don't know. My timeline's be screwed up. No, here's what we did. We made a, uh, a prototype. We got on, started looking up all these, uh, deer hunting ranches and we said, okay, so we have to raise money to get this game printed. So how are we going to do that? We're going to sell advertising. Yes. Yeah, two 20-something-year-old kids that don't know anything about anything are going to sell advertising, raise about forty grand to make the first 3,000 games. So we went and found the ranches that we wanted, and we priced out each space. And we went around and, I don't know, talked to some people. Everybody thought it was a cool idea, but, of course, everybody wanted Boardwalk. No one wanted anything but Boardwalk. No one wanted the... Uh, you know, the Baltic Avenue space. So we quickly realized, well, probably the advertising route isn't going to work out. I think we sold two spaces out of like, I don't know, 27 or 30 that are available on the game. We said, well, that wasn't, that wasn't going to work. But these companies also, they liked the idea and they were going to let us use their logos and whatnot. So we said, okay, Advertising not going to work. Uh, let's just make a prototype of the game, how we want it. Going to do it our way. And then we're going to uh, chop it around. So we came up with a board, designed it all out on uh, on my computer. From there, we, we sent copies. We went and had, you know, board mock-ups. Uh, prototypes is the word. <laughs> had some prototypes made. And sent it to uh, Gander Mountain, Bass Pro Shop, Cabela's, you know, all the big boys. We're not starting low. We're going big right out, right out of the gate, you guys. So that's what we did. And we sent to the buyers, and we got responses from all of them saying, hey, you know, if you make this game, we'll make room for it on our shelves. Like, this is really cool, and we dig it. So anyway, so then that made it easy to, you know, get the money. We didn't have... Uh, you know, firm POs, um, you know, we didn't have purchase orders or anything like that, but their, uh, their word on they may take it was, uh, was good enough for us. So long story short, we got the game printed and I was able to, uh, I don't know, we worked it up to, man, we got, we did get Cabela's on board. We went to a trade show and met the, the buyer for Bass Pro Shop. You know, we had a bunch of other smaller archery, hunting, uh, gun stores buying it. We couldn't get Walmart. Walmart wasn't interested. Um, we were too small of a company, and we only had one SKU, which I guess is a bad thing. I don't know. But anyway, it was it, it gave us, us kind of a cool little thing, and it was able to get me out of uh, waiting tables. But... That I, I did not get out of waiting tables before I waited on a comedian named Josh Sneed, <laughs> who uh, came in one, I think it was a Friday, Montgomery Inn, for lunch. He was, uh, I don't know, he was there eating lunch with Chad Daniels. And I was like, hey, uh, I was like, I know you. I was like, you're, you're a local comedian, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And so we started kind of talking and... Uh, I don't. I don't know what exactly. I don't. He. I was also doing open mic comedy at the time too, so I. Yeah. I don't know. I was opening at 
go bananas and the funny bone and whatnot. So he he kind of knew, I guess, that I was a comedian too or want to be comedian. I guess at that point, but either way, we, we decided, hey, we kind of kind of click a little bit. So we kept in touch, and I think I got like his <laughs> his AOL instant messenger handle. So that's kind of that's kind of how how I met Josh, and he knew he knew about you know the board game that I uh, had created, and at the time he was opening for the uh, the blue collar comedy uh, comedians, the blue collar comedy tour, you know Larry the Cable Guy, Jeff Foxworthy, Ron White, uh, Bill Engvall. Those guys were crushing it. They were huge, you know. And Josh had the opportunity to open for those guys in arenas. So I mean, that's freaking awesome. But anyway, so kind of like my buddy who was like, "Dang, there's no, there's no Deeropoly out there." Josh was like, "You know what? There's no blue collaropoly." He's like, "So let's make blue collaropoly." I know the guys; they'll let us do it. <laughs> Which was our, you know, uh, that was our, our uh, what, naivete, or uh, I don't know what the hell the word is. But yeah, we didn't know anything about how anything worked. He, he basically just thought he could send Jeff Foxworthy an email and we'd be cool. But um, we made the that board up, and I don't know, it was funny, it was okay. Uh, we had the art and everything, everything looked cool. It was just as good as any other damn Opley game. But this time late for the sky said, hey, we're interested. Heck yeah, we're in. If we get Walmart to take it, then, you know, we'll get it printed and that's it. You know, so, hey, cool. We're made. That's all we got to do. We got Walmart. Well, we didn't get Walmart. You know, there were some licensing hoops to jump through. They they were down to do that, but there definitely weren't costs that we had anticipated. And then also, Walmart didn't want anything to do with it. So, which I don't get. I mean, come on. That is Walmart. Blue-collar comedy? Really? I mean, at the time, Larry the Cable Guy was on every end cap in Walmart. I can't believe that they didn't pick it up. But since they weren't interested, then that meant Late for the Sky was not interested. And so, Blue-collar Opoly never saw the light of day. So anyway, so we were just like, okay, well, we kind of had fun doing that. And that was... A little different, and so we were like, "Why?" You know, we we put all this time and hard work into it, and it was able to be shut down. You know, just like that. Why? Because we didn't have control over it. It really wasn't us. Uh, you know, fulfilling our own destiny. So we're like, well, "Let's do something that we can do and have fun, and you know, no one, no one can." No one can stop us. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so that's when, you know, he kind of got to thinking. He's like, damn, you know, he, he sells a lot of T-shirts after his shows. He had a shirt that said square root of 69 equals eight something and would sell a crap ton of these after his shows. You know, I don't even think he had a joke about it. Like, usually a comedian says, okay, last joke and good night, everybody, and... I'll be selling a shirt with that last punchline on it out there in the uh, uh, the lobby. Nope, I think he just had a funny design and rolled with it, and it worked. But he said, you know what, I saw a lot of funny shirts, 
I got a lot of comedian friends, and they also sell shirts after their shows. He's like, so I think that we should start a website, a funny T-shirt site, you know. And he's like, and if it if it doesn't work out, then at least you know I know that my friends will buy shirts from us that they can sell, you know, after their shows because it's a, you know, it's a it's a really good way to uh, up the comedian income, you know, when you're on the on the road, all that stuff gives you some cash, some some beer money, whatever. So yeah, so all these comedians were selling selling teas, and he just thought we could get in on that action too. So I said, cool. Well, I don't have anything going on. I mean, I still sell in Whitetail Opley at the time, but that's what kind of gave me the freedom because I had uh, income from that, and I basically had, I don't even think I had a car payment. It was just like rent and Duke bill, internet. That was about it. You know, I didn't, I didn't need a huge income. I didn't have a family or anything. So I was able to put time into what is, uh, you know, our, our t-shirt venture. So he said, okay, well, here's the deal. We're going to call it look at me shirts, you know, cause it's like the look at me lifestyle, the, Hey, look at me, you know, with the internet and everything going on, it was all still new. MySpace, everybody, it was the, the, the look at me culture, which honestly, I don't know. I didn't really care for the name to be honest with you, but I, I guess that's just how I was. I, I'm not the type to be like, oh, hey, that's it, and run with it and be happy with it. Till today, I'm like, ah, oh, let's write 500 names on the wall and see which one we like. Or actually, I, I think the Smashing Pumpkins actually picked their band name because uh, they all, all the band members chose names, and then they went with the name that no one chose, and that was Smashing Pumpkins. So there's a little music history for you guys today. So anyway, we, we, we rolled with LookAtMeShirts.com. We bought the domain. You know it. We found a company called, I think they're called VisiWire out of Miami. This guy was going to build us a site for, or no, wait a second. Um, No, our, our first site, I believe, was was Jed, Jed Heidelman from, uh, I don't know what the dang company was even named then doesn't matter we paid 150 dollars for our first website guys 150 bucks so they gave us you know access to this portal and we uploaded our designs which weren't even on shirts they were just squares with the design on it we just sat there and i think we probably launched with like 15 designs and this is 2005 and I always laugh because I was like, damn, if we launched with that site today and some of the topics we were talking about, we would get canceled in a second. We had a shirt that said Lance had a ball and it had uh, like a silhouette of a, a cyclist on there. If you remember, Lance Armstrong was all the rage, winning all the Tour de France, France, Tour de France's, and he... Uh, you know, had a bout with testicular cancer, and I don't know, long story short, he doesn't have all of his boys, so we thought that was funny, and we made a shirt. It's not funny, no. <laughs> that was not good. Like I said, we were two, two guys in our 20s just throwing anything against the wall. Mel Gibson got a DUI with a shirt that said, Mel Gibson's designated driver. What the hell does that even mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't know, but... We thought it was hilarious. 
So anyway, we went from there. First, we were outsourcing our shirts. We uh, launched the website. Josh called his buddy from City Beat. And they were like, hey, this is a cool idea. So they went and uh, they did a little article about us. So boom, we're on the map, us and our 10 designs. And our main design was Even God Hates the Steelers. That was the one that sold right out of the gate. And I, I remember getting like business cards printed up. And I lived in Newport, walked across the Purple People Bridge. And like every Sunday for like, feels like a couple months. I don't know how many times I actually did it, but I had uh, pockets full of uh, full of business cards. And I would just wait outside for the Reds to be done. And then as everyone was walking to their cars, I'd have a shirt on that says, Even God Hates the Steelers. And I'd just pass out cards. I wouldn't say, Hey, guys, you know, hey, check this out. I would wait for people to say, Hey, I like your shirt. And sure enough, they would, because that shirt definitely got a response. <laughs> and uh so anyway, I would just sit there and pass out pass out cards. Here you go. Check out our website. Check out our website. Oh, thanks. You like my shirt? Here, check out lookatmeshirts.com. Check it out. So that was fun. That was marketing 101 before uh Facebook was around. Gosh, yeah, it's like stuff was changing every day. But anyway, that's it, it worked. You know, people would hang on to those cards. There was hardly any t-shirt websites around at all um there definitely weren't any i don't know there might have been some local ones popping up but nothing too crazy i remember one day was like i don't know there there was like a baptist church outing or something and i I just remember that you know it's basically like church day at the at the reds game i was like man what what is going on today like no one likes my shirt like even god hates the steelers is is getting hated on and then <laughs> i saw something you know on the ground or whatever saying it was like church day <laughs> so anyway so that was that was kind of funny i was like oh dang my shirt was so popular last week and now everybody hates it so moving along so that was our that was our our first hit and at the time you know we were outsourcing our shirts they were being printed by a company in oakley called a t-shirt company he gave us a pretty good deal. He would print 12 shirts for us, so uh, Rick was a good dude. But And then I would I would go pick up boxes of tees, take them to my apartment in Newport, you know, print out every order individually, which is probably, I don't know, two or three a day. I'd usually send the wrong size out, sometimes the wrong shirt. You know, I was not good at fulfillment. <laughs> so, so that was fun. I remember Josh like, dude, you're killing me with all these damn mess ups, all this stuff. Like, oh, my apartment's the one that's full of shirts here, so you can take it over at any moment. So we were selling enough shirts that we were like, you know what, dang, we're really paying this, we're paying these this t-shirt company a lot of money to get our shirts printed. So we should try to get our own equipment. So anyway, so we got ended up getting a loan for our uh, screen print equipment. And we're like, okay, so we're, you know, where are we going to do this? And Josh knew a gentleman named Owen Rassman who uh, owned a giant warehouse in Dayton, Kentucky. So anyway, he said, hey, you know, I got this T-shirt thing going on. And uh, he's like, you know, I was in your warehouse for some random event. And 
thought it was pretty cool and was wondering if you would consider renting to us. And he's like, man, he's like, well, that building's empty and I'm paying a hell lot of money on insurance right now because it's empty. So he said, how about, you know, if you guys clean it up and get it looking how you want, uh, you can move your equipment in there. And he's like, I won't charge any rent for, I don't know, first year for six months, something. It was huge. So that's what we did. So we're, it was an old carpet warehouse. It used to be like a carpet store. Um, the building was like amazing, just all ran down and uh, there's carpet on the walls. They stapled carpet samples to the walls. So we're ripping all that stuff off and, you know, there's probably asbestos flying everywhere. And I mean, it was, uh, it was wild. <laughs> but anyway, so from, so from, from there was, so our, our uh, screen print equipment showed up and we started printing our own dang shirts. We didn't know how to screen print. I didn't even take screen printing classes at Art Academy. I knew kind of how it worked but the company who sold it to us was like ah oh, it's easy we'll we'll send uh we'll send the old guy down to uh teach you guys how to use it uh, and that's just that's what happened so anyway so yeah josh was able to get you know his friends on board to uh do some uh custom shirts for them to sell after their their gigs and uh we was in business folks i mean it was you know we really didn't know what our true costs were. We didn't know really like we weren't, we weren't crafty. You know, I wasn't a great screen printer. So at this point I'm the designer, I'm the, the website developer. <laughs> I uploaded all the designs to the site, shipped out all the orders, printed all the orders, you know, granted it wasn't a lot, but at this point I was, I was basically everything. Which was cool because that's you know that that's what we signed up for. And Josh was out promoting. He would, you know, there'd be days I'd be like, oh man, what the heck's going on? People are, you know, we got a lot of orders on, you know, Nebraska. Oh, well, I'm on the Todd and Tyler show, you know, because he was always on the road. Um, he's a touring headliner, still is. But anyway, he, you know, you know, the gig, the comedian comes to your town and he gets on the. Uh, the radio and promotes everything and uh hey guess what i'm wearing this funny shirt and i have a, a t-shirt company and man i mean he was on bob and tom plugging uh like i said like there's big shows in the out west so we would get we would get you know these hits from these pockets you know we wish that they were uh <laughs> we wish there's there was more but hey it was it was cool we were rolling and like i said we didn't have to make hundred grand or anything like that. Our first year, I do remember our first year sales were 35 grand. That was pretty awesome. And that includes custom jobs too, by the way. So we weren't making, we weren't really, uh, <laughs> business. Our, our business savvy was zero. You know, it was like, you know, so-and-so comedian would say, Hey, well, how much can I get a hundred shirts for? And we'd be like, yeah, six fifty, which is probably too, too uh cheap and you'd be like oh well i need them for four bucks okay cool well the price is four bucks then we'll do them for you because you're awesome and your jokes are so funny so yeah so that's not how you do business that's <laughs> you you set the price based on your expenses and your profit margins and all that stuff not based on this guy wants it for four bucks 
so that was a lesson and you know and we we didn't really have an accountant at the time to really tell us any of this stuff because that's you know when you're starting out in business that's super important but guess what that's one of the last things that you're gonna pay for i mean what is it like three four hundred bucks a month to get like monthly bookkeeping and advice and all that stuff you know we're doing 35 grand a year so we did have a lady do our taxes or told us she did our taxes she stopped by collected all of our stuff and then basically ghosted us (laughs) we uh Oh, man, I wish I remember that lady's name. There's no way she's still alive. She was a train wreck. But, dang, we were like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're getting our taxes done. And then it was like, man, we haven't heard from her in a while. (laughs) And we called the company, and they're like, yeah, she's not with us anymore. And then a couple weeks later, they're like, oh, yeah, we found all your in her, uh, her trunk. So she basically just took our stuff, you know, whatever receipts, and I don't think it was like, top secret information or anything she had, but she basically just took our stuff, put it in her trunk and then see you later. <laughs> so that was funny. But anyway, so yeah, kids get a good accountant. That's uh that's uh, at least get a good accountant. If you're as smart as Josh and I were. So this was kind of our, I don't know. I guess you still call it a pretend business. We were doing it. Josh had his income, you know, working. He's doing the comedian thing. I got the board games. So honestly, it's like it didn't really. It really wasn't a as stupid as it is. We we really didn't care about whether we were profitable or not. And we didn't even know if we were. Um, it wasn't until we got a real accountant that she was able to do P and Ls, and every month would just be like. What are you guys doing? Like you lost another four grand this month. <laughs> like it was it, every week was like gloom and doom. And you know, well, you should just think about doing this. And, and you know, she kind of tell us stuff. And we were like, yeah, you know, well, it's coming. It's coming. You know, we feel it. We believe in this. So we're going to keep doing it. And as long as we're not losing our asses personally, then uh, we're going to keep doing it our way. Damn it. So anyway, so we, we were able to hire a uh, a printer. My buddy uh, Scott Dennis from Newcomerstown, he uh, he went to Art Academy too, so he was available. He actually took screen printing class. He's a damn good printer. Super crafty, artsy-fartsy, hipster, perfect. And then he's like, man, I got, I got a friend. Uh, she goes by the name of Porkchop. She can come and uh, help us too. So I was like, what? Your friend's name Porkchop? So, dang it, I don't even remember her real name. I, I, I'm, I'm horrible. But uh, I remember Porkchop, and everybody would said, yeah, Scotty and Porkchop's back at the warehouse. What? Did you just say Porkchop? Her name's Porkchop? Yep. She'd answer the phone. This is Porkchop. So I don't know. I think we need, we need to just give all of our, all of our staff aliases. I think that would be, that would be pretty funny. But um, I don't know. I mean, we kept we kept doing our thing. Our goal was the world. You know, there's so many, so many people out there in the world on the internet. Why would we just make Cincinnati shirts? You know, it didn't even cross our mind. You know, even God hates the Steelers. That was our first real shirt. Boom, sold like hotcakes. Why? Because it was a Cincinnati-themed shirt. And guess what? 
we are from Cincinnati and we're local and we know people who we can tell to buy the shirt. Well, we just figured why why would you limit your business? I can make one shirt and sell it to millions of people. So that was another mistake we made super early on was just like kind of ignoring the Cincinnati stuff. We're bigger than that. You know, we're, we're looking at me shirts, damn it. We're nationwide. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. Uh, okay. All right. So, so yeah, so we're, we're, we're doing pop culture tees. You know, Paris Hilton goes to jail or gets a DUI. We do a shirt about it. Sanjaya. Remember Sanjaya from uh, American Idol? We had a Sanjaya tea. Yeah, basically, we're just turning memes. Memes were starting to pick up, and, we, you know, we'd, we'd just steal memes and put them on a shirt and post them on MySpace. We had a friend adder on MySpace, which, would, which was this bot that you would – leave your computer on at night and this little machine would go around adding friends on uh on myspace that's pretty cool that was our marketing right there it was all myspace it was crazy and they're like oh facebook's a thing well i don't know i can't imagine it being bigger than myspace friendster yeah friendster was cool but you know myspace is awesome you can make your own backgrounds and, you know, put MP3s in your comments, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> we could post our shirts. So, so we're still in the nationwide, worldwide, pop culture, generic stuff, which also means we don't know who to target. Oh, well, funny people like our shirts and people who like funny things. Well, how do, how do you target that? That's everybody, damn it. You know, let's get a niche here. Um, but anyway, so we, we kept ignoring, ignoring all that, but then like what, 2008 we are in right now, Hurricane Ike rolled through and I don't know, it came up through like the Gulf of Mexico and like the wind just kept rolling and it actually, I think it was hurricane force winds were in Cincinnati. It was like blowing everything down and, you know, no one just didn't have power for like a week. It was like totally a thing. So we were like, oh, let's let's make a shirt for it. And it was like, yeah, the Cincinnati Hurricane. Hurricane Ike from the date and on the back it had like, you know, some of the crazy stuff that was going on. Like a portalette flew across the highway and whatever else. It was amazing. Cutting edge design. Top notch. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so the zoo. The zoo. The news called us. They said, hey, uh, Candace Hunter's going to come down and she's going to do a little piece on your, your little shirt there. I'm like, all right, cool. So she she loved that assignment. Hey, Candace, <laughs> get all prettied up and head down to Dayton, Kentucky, because there's two guys in a carpet warehouse selling a hurricane shirt. And it's the best thing we got going right now. So she showed up. She was all pissed off, was way too good for us. And, uh, you know, she'd ask questions and then just like stare at her nails and kind of, you know, nod off. She was she was not interested in anything we had going on. I remember that like yesterday, but that was hilarious. 
not sure my girl Candace Hunter is now. But maybe she'll send us a tweet after this. So anyway, so yeah, again, right in front of our face. Hey, you guys did a local shirt and you sold a bunch. But no, not Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not the world. We're going to sell our shirts to the world. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so look at me shirts days were, uh, it was us being stubborn, cocky, arrogant, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, we're super lucky looking back now. I'm like, dang, just having those, the side income from like jobs that didn't require us to be, you know, on site 40 hours somewhere else or, you know, having our lives, you know, dictated for us by the, by the 40 hour work week. It just, it just gave us the opportunity to figure things like that out. It was unfortunate that we kept making all these mistakes and kind of being locked into our own mindset, but hey, it ended up working out. So, and now for the the dismount, the big closer, probably the 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 most fun we had doing our little guerrilla marketing stunts, like passing out the cards at the. You know, outside the Red Stadium and all that stuff that you really don't see people doing these days. We decided to uh, load our pockets and backpacks up with promo cards and head to Red's opening day. The the parade. We're like, you know what? There's going to be all these people down here in the parade on Fountain Square. We're just going to go down. We're going to have our hottest new Red's-inspired designs trying to think of what some of those were we had one that just said my ballpark shirt and one that said my seats are better than yours really killer really killer stuff Uh, (laughs) but anyway yeah so we we got our promos together and we hit the streets of downtown cincinnati and we're walking the sidewalks and we're just like hey yo hey No, no no one was really responding to the shirts no one was taking cards from us, that's for sure. Or else we'd hand them and they'd they'd just throw it throw it down, you know, right uh, right in front of us. No one was really into that, so we said, "Dang it, what the heck is going on? We can't give these things away." And by that time, you know, we're the parade's going on. We were at uh, we, well, we started at Fountain Square. You know, people were interested in the parade. They weren't interested in a couple dudes trying to sell them on their new groovy, <laughs> funny shirt site. So we were like, damn it, there's a break in the action. Let's just join the parade. And so we <laughs> we just walked out and we acted like we were going to uh, cross the street. Or like we were looking for a good spot to cross. And then we just kind of turned back towards the crowd and started passing out cards. We could not pass out those cards fast enough. Like, talk about going from zero to hero in no time. (laughs) People were grabbing, oh my god, the kids want one. Oh, can I get one for my grandma? Oh yeah, sure. It was was the coolest thing. So that was was a little psychology there for you. No one no one wants the guy on the sidewalk. They want the guy in the parade. You know, even though it might be illegal and <laughs> whatnot. But 
Anyway, so that was uh, that was our our claim to fame there. That was oh man, that still makes me smile. Maybe we'll do that this year. If they, I don't know if they're gonna have a damn parade. If they do, I hope they do. They probably won't. But when it comes back, maybe we will hijack another parade. Or if there's a parade in your area going on, let me know. Maybe I'll show up and try to pass out cards and see if see if people in 2021 react the same way as they did in 2008, whenever the hell that was. That's probably 2006, I guess. That was, that was early. <laughs> but, um, well, cool, guys. Again, if you guys enjoyed this, let us know. It's just a fun breaking the action. I mean, right now we're we're still trying to uh, ramp up, get some things going for spring. OTR is coming along great. Man, that's going to be fun. You'll be able to, you know, send us a file and we can print, you know, custom shirt right there for you in five minutes, as well as anything from our entire catalog, any of our websites. So that's cool. And then, uh, well, cool. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll throw it back to my boy, P.F. <laughs> All right. Have a good guy. Uh, have a good one, you guys. But it's only a memory of what I love was going to be. Only a memory. Broken bits of you and me. Only a memory. Only a memory. Thanks, Darren. Next week, Josh will add some of his memories from the early days, and depending on how long that goes, I'll throw in how I got mixed up in all this, because I'm pretty sure I was mixed up in this back in the Look At Me Shirts days, sort of. I'll explain next week. But in the meantime, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the Tri-State. And if you haven't already, check out the Cincy Shirt podcast archives, of course, from baseball great Johnny Bench to actress Amy Yasback. There's just tons of great episodes back there, 156, excluding this one. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They're from Philadelphia. You can find all of their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. And you can find vintage tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. We've got like 100 and... I'm not sorry. We have more than 100 designs. We have like 32 cities, and I think, gosh, about 500 designs total now. And because uh, the same mix of defunct uh, sports teams, restaurants, malls, video games, all that fun stuff. It's like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. And again, the promo code of this episode... Oh, we didn't choose one, did we? Because Darren didn't give us one. Let's just go with Look At Me, all one word. Look At Me will be our promo code for this episode. Look At Me, all one word, all lowercase, all uppercase. That part does not matter. And then you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Or you can go into the store in Hyde Park or uh, Over the Rhine, which is not open yet. won't be open until March. So just online or at uh, Hyde Park, just say, look at me, and they will give you 20% off your entire order. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.
wish I said goodbye.